You're listening to the Living a Life Unleashed podcast. Welcome to the Living a Life Unleashed podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Bishop. Thanks for tuning in. If you're new with us, I'm so glad that you have joined us. Hey, when you listen, please leave comments because when you do, it gives people a heads up that this podcast is worth a listen and share it with your friends as well because really the goal of this podcast is to equip us to live a life that is unhindered and unleashed. And each week, we will talk about a topic that is really meant to spark ideas for you, give you ways to grow get you unstuck, and gain new insights and compel you to action as we journey together to play full out and live fully into who we were created to be. Well, I'm excited about today's podcast because I have invited Joy Eshelman, and she's a great friend of mine. I'll tell you a little bit about her in a minute, but I have a question for you or maybe a couple of questions. Have you ever noticed yourself making decisions where you feel like you're stuck or maybe you're in a routine or a pattern that's just not working or maybe finding yourself back in the same situation you swore you would not be in again, kind of that same stuff, different day mentality? Well, today, Joy and I are going to talk about identifying those patterns in our life that may be limiting us and we don't know it until we find ourselves back in the same place. A little bit about Joy. Joy is a licensed clinical professional counselor and has been in private practice for 23 years. She is certified in critical incident stress management and her practice focuses on grief, trauma, loss, and life adjustments. Joy loves speaking encouragement to those who desire meaningful lives and healthy relationships. Well, Joy, welcome to the show. Thank you. You know, this last line, I love it. You love speaking encouragement to those who desire meaningful lives and healthy relationships. And I can personally attest to that, that you have been that for me. So I'm just so grateful for your friendship, for your sisterhood, for your wisdom, and really delighted to have you on the show today because you are a woman of wisdom and just a lot of life experience where you can, I think, help our listeners live a life unleashed. And that's really the goal of this podcast. But before we dive into our topic today, what's going on in your world? What's uh, what's coming up for you that you're excited about? Ooh, some big changes for me in 2018. Uh, my son's getting married in May. And after that, we're going to come back and pack up our house and get ready to move to the city. So wow. suburban life is going to be left behind. And here we come, Chicago. Going for the deluxe apartment in the sky Something or what? Something like that. I don't know. <laughs> so your son's getting married. Uh-huh. So you have two sons, yes. right? Yes. Is this the first one to get married? Yes. Okay. And what's that like? You're going to be a mother-in-law? I'm loving it already. We have an amazing future daughter-in-law and um, just enjoy so many things about her. And I think my favorite is seeing how much they love each other. They Mm. take really good care of each other. And you instill these things in your kids and you hope that it gets traction and it you know, take shape and I'm watching it front and center and it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, that's got to be so cool. You invest all of these years mm-hmm. in training up your kiddos and then they're mature adults and they're going to get married and potentially have kids of their own. I can imagine how 
awesome that is seeing the fruit of your labor, like literally and figuratively, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's um, a new experience for me, but I have loved every age and stage of my kids. Wow. And this is just another stage that I'm just delighting in. Well, I got to tell you that uh, Lucy, and maybe you'll listen to this podcast at some point, you probably already know this, but you are, you got like the best mother-in-law on the planet. <laughs> so we hear these mother-in-law issues. You are not going to have any because you have the bomb.com right here. <laughs> well, hey, let's dive in into our topic today. I'm so curious, and I, I've definitely been in that place as we talked about or I talked about in the show opener where you just kind of find yourself making the same decisions and you swore you wouldn't, but there's these patterns in life that are either unhealthy or they're they're limiting. And I'm just curious, tell us a little bit about kind of this concept and yeah, why do you think it's important that we identify those things? Well, I think um, this has evolved for my clients and I doing a lot of work around repeat behaviors and patterns where their life isn't changing and there's frustration and there's um, even a sense of disappointment in themselves. Like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong or I don't know how to do this different. It's always good to have a second set of eyes and ears to a situation where we feel like we don't know what else to do. So this whole concept has kind of developed as a result of us doing a lot of troubleshooting around repeat patterns. And we do that unknowingly. We don't even realize that we're in something that we're repeating until we find ourselves at this same spot again going, I have been here before Mm -hmm. and I don't want to be here. Why do I keep doing this? Or what's going on that causes this to be a common thing in my life? So it's important for us to take pause and be able to take a step back and look at ourselves and our patterns a little more objectively. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not too good at doing that because what we're in is what we're in. <laughs> right. It's kind of like you have blinders on. You can you can only see what you can see. And sometimes we can't see those. Well, that's why they're called blind spots, I guess, because right. we can't see them in ourselves. Other people probably see them very well. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to us, yeah, we don't have as much insight into that. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate the people in my life who can also speak into my life when they see things that I'm missing. Um, Scripture says that where there is no guidance, the people fall. But Mm -hmm. in the abundance of counsel, there's victory. We need counselors in our life, not necessarily professional counselors, but we need people in our life who will speak truth to us, who will not be just giving us yes answers, but will give us some some really important feedback on what they observe and how they experience us. So this model fits with you doing some introspection and wondering about why certain things repeat in your life, but also having somebody else look at the same situation that you share with them and developing with their involvement um, some different perspectives and what you can do differently so this doesn't continue to go on for the next number of decades in your life. Yeah. And I when you're when you're talking about that and getting feedback, it, it's going to take some courage and some, I think, vulnerability and humility to invite other people to give us feedback. But that's really the only way we grow. But sometimes we're so afraid of feedback that maybe our growth is a little stunted because we're not willing to hear the ouch, mm-hmm. you know, where of, of areas that we need to change in. I think this works best when we're kind of at the end of ourselves. Mm. And we really say, I don't want to do this again. I don't want to go, I don't want to find myself back here again. So when we are at a point of saying something has to change, that's when change really has a chance to grow. 
Right. But if I am getting what we call secondary gain from a situation, I'm going to continue to repeat it because there's something else that's positive enough that keeps me stuck. Um, Secondary gain is a very powerful effect on us. And we often have to identify what's the secondary gain that's keeping me looped in this situation. And if we can identify that and say, is that secondary gain more valuable than the life change that you really want? We put it in words like that, then it begins to make sense to us and go, no, I, the secondary gain is not as great as what I'm hoping for in this different life change. So I want to I want to unpack secondary gain a little bit more in a minute and, and you know dive into this model that um, that we're alluding to here. But before we do that, and I know we're going to take on a very specific situation that some of our listeners uh, may uh, wrestle with, but before we dive into specifics, what are like two or three or four patterns that you see people in where they like kind of keep treading water, getting stuck, spinning their wheels? What, what are some examples that can kind of maybe spark listeners' uh, minds right now to help them kind of get on track with this conversation? Well, um, it is the new year, so we might as well think about dieting and weight loss mm-hmm. because that's a big one where we think, oh, you know, I'm going to do this differently and maybe I lose 15, 20 pounds and then I start to ease up on my regimen and I begin to say, it's okay if I just have a little bit of this. And before I know it, I'm on that slippery slope back to where, wow, now I've only lost 12 pounds and actually now I'm down to only eight off still. And then that defeatist thing sets in and here I am in March or April going, yeah, I need to work on losing weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that applies to a lot of us. So so losing weight or things around fitness, what are, what are a couple other things you see? Um, it can of? also be spending. Um, just the, I'm really going to watch my budget. I'm going to put money away. I'm going to save. But then things come along, don't they? And before I know it, that little nest egg or that savings that I had built up has dwindled because I've eased up on myself. And I've decided that certain things were more urgent or important than the act of saving. And before I know it, I'm back to where like, I really need to save money. Hmm. I'm even thinking of patterns in relationship too, where we kind of find ourselves back in the same place. But tell us a little bit about the model Mm -hmm. and then let's kind of take on a a scenario that may apply to a a wide variety of our listeners. Sure. Well, I've spent enough time with uh, clients over the years to determine that when we're in something, it's very hard for us to get much perspective uh, because it's swirling all around us. We're in a situation that we don't have the ability to look step outside and look into it because it's too active. It's too hot or it's um, too energized for me to say, okay, um, this is what's going on. But in that, we call it the sight stage. When I'm in that sight stage, all I can see is what I can see. And I don't have the ability to step out and look into it in a different way. It's almost like we have blinders on a little bit. Sure. Okay. And it can be a crisis of sorts. It can be um, I'm caught up in something and I'm not paying attention to the implications and what this might cost me at another point. 
Okay. Okay. So then um, people often say, well, you know, um, hindsight is twenty twenty, And we believe that at some point time passes and we can look back and go, okay, now I understand why I did what I did. Or I'm not going to do that again. Or lesson learned. And we stop right there and say, okay, now I have hindsight. I see it differently. And um, that's all I needed. But I found that that's not enough. Hmm. Hindsight is just another part in the process. It's not the end point. It's a stepping off point to us learning more about ourselves and beginning to change patterns so we are not returning to the same scenario again with frustration later down the road. Okay. And so with hindsight, yes, perspective is gained. I can now, after enough time has passed from the situation I was in, I can look at it and I can say, okay, I understand why I did that. I was really anxious in this situation and I was afraid that um, this person was not going to understand if I told them I was anxious. And so um, I, I hid that. But now I can look back on it and I go, I absolutely did that because I was anxious. That was an anxiety reaction that was going on in the inside of me. I wasn't even in touch with it. And so hindsight is meant to teach us something about ourselves. And then as more time passes, we're to begin to ask ourselves the question, what is it about me that in that situation that I have hindsight on where I got anxious and didn't reveal that, what is it about me that continues to repeat that pattern. I need to learn something new about me. Okay. So just, okay. So we have the the sight stage, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's, we see or don't see really what happened until we have hindsight. Right. And so in hindsight, we're then able to, or a little bit more equipped to say, Ooh, now I see what happened, but you're saying like, it can't stop. Growth doesn't happen in the hindsight stage. Right. There has to be another stage, which you're going into now, which is hindsight's not 2020, but insight helps us to grow. Mm-hmm. So talk, talk a little bit more about the insight stage. So if we want to think about it in terms of vision, insight is actually putting it under a magnifying glass. And now I'm going to look at my behaviors or my internal reactions that are getting me in trouble. Okay. And so maybe the anxiety is based on, I want this person to like me. And so I go, wow, I really do have a strong need for people to like me. Or I don't want to disappoint anyone. Hmm. And so in order to prevent that person from being disappointed in me, I'm going to basically fake it and act like everything's fine in order to maintain this thing that's going on. Um, And so the insight gained is I want to take an honest look at myself and say, are there things that I'm doing that are actually sabotaging the things that I really long for and desire? Okay. And insights, it can be a painful place. Mm. And that's where someone else's perspective and giving you feedback can be really valuable because I may get really hard on myself and feel very defeated and someone says, wait a minute, you know, this, let's think about it a little differently. That perhaps this isn't about you being, um, we often will lower our intellect. This isn't about you being stupid or you didn't do something dumb, but this is actually, this is a, a vulnerability or this is a tender spot for you. And it matters so much for you to have connection with people. 
huh, okay, I didn't look at it like that. I didn't so it's, so they're not like it. making their, because making ourselves wrong keeps us stuck too. Absolutely. And so it's so nice when someone can reframe it and give us, again, a different twist on the perspective as to what is it about me mm-hmm. that keeps me doing the same things. So insight can be really empowering too. Yeah, It can cause me to go, okay, that's not, it doesn't sound so bad to hear that I really have a deep need for connection with mm-hmm. other people. Isn't that great? Mm-hmm. It, can... it kind of takes away the self-condemnation a little bit. It's mm-hmm. like, why am I so, why do I need this so much? Or why am I so this way? Rather than, well, let's kind of take a look at what might be behind that mm-hmm. and gain some insight. <laughs> right, right. So then from insight, we are really making a, a self-inquiry of, hmm, what might be below the surface? What might be behind this desire or behind this need and kind of making inquiry about that and then asking other people that know us really well to help make some observations that could give us insight too, right? Mm -hmm. People that we love and trust and are Mm -hmm. for our good would be good people to choose, right? That are for us and want to see us flourish and grow. So then we are through the insight stage and we've spent a little bit of time there and then we have another stage after that. The, the last stage, and again, time has to pass. That insight that I've gained needs to settle in. It needs to you know, find a place on the inside of me where it, it rests and it reminds me that there is this desire that I have for connection with other people, for example. And now that I've kind of uh, metabolized it or assimilated, I can say, okay, moving forward in the last stage I call foresight, moving forward, how is this going to look different for me? What behaviors do I need to engage in that will take care of my need for connection without causing me to stumble and get snagged and hooked with some unhealthy things? And so foresight is actually a proactive application of what you learned in the hindsight part And what you've gained in the insight part. So now what we call this is that you develop a new guiding principle or set of principles for doing things differently. And as you apply it, you're going to get super excited to see that things are changing in my life. This is different than I've done it before. It's a little scary, Mm -hmm. but I've got my support of people who are going to say, yes, that's, that's really great that you chose that instead of this. And we start to gain momentum. Like my life really has an opportunity to be different, which is what I've longed for all along. Mm-hmm. And gives a little, the word hope comes to mind too. Like, oh my gosh, hope, something's actually shifting and changing. Absolutely. Well, can we, let, let's make this practical, take mm-hmm. it down to the practical level. And what, um, what's, a, what's the topic that we can take on that we can run through this model mm-hmm. to help us kind of kind of grasp a little bit more about these different tools? Sure. Well, I'm married 28 years, so I haven't dated in a while. (laughs) But um, I work with a lot of people who are going through loss and life adjustment who have had some real relational pains and what they would even call failed relationships. I don't really like the word failed, but it may be honest. And Mm -hmm. so let's talk about um, perhaps dating the same kind of person that you discover maybe you've spent a number of months with them or even a couple of years with them and it's either going nowhere or it's beginning to dwindle and it's headed for ending and the clock is ticking, you're getting older and going, I really don't want to continue to do this um, serial dating, so to speak, 
and not end up with a lifetime companion. This is so heartbreaking Mm -hmm. and disappointing and frustrating to me. And so dating is one of those things that can reveal some of these patterns and these ways of being if we're willing to take an honest look to say, I really want to have a long-lasting lifetime companion and relationship. Okay. And I just want to interject really quickly here. For those of you who may be married and you're like, dating doesn't apply to me, the great news is you probably have people in your life that it does apply to. So as you listen to us kind of running through this model, maybe you can use it sometime and a good way to help uh, a friend of yours out that may be kind of stuck in, stuck in this pattern. So let's go through the steps then. Okay. So let's say that I am um, really eager to be in a relationship and I'm doing what everybody's telling me to do. Get on some of those dating apps. Do uh, you Go to places where singles are. Um, join a singles church group, do all these different things. Everybody's got their, you know, they're the expert arm, right. armchair experts <laughs> who are like, this is what you need to do. Oh, Lord. And so I, I put myself out there. I start, you know, taking those chances. Let's use the online example. Okay. Um, because with the online example, we can present ourselves in a certain way. And if we're capable of doing that, so is the person that we're looking to perhaps connect with. Uh, yes, I have been, can I say I've been a victim of that <laughs> for, the, for another podcast, but yes, I hear you. I think that's a good word. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I um, have a couple guys that are messaging me or connecting with me, talking with me, and um, one of them stands out. And so I decide, well, these other guys are okay, but this one seems different, mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. And he's charming, and he's he's so polite, and he is mannerly. And so I'm like, yeah, I want to I want to meet this guy and, you know. And so quickly in that first date, I'm discovering he really is the real thing. Hmm. I mean, he's the real deal because he opens doors for me and he's so complimentary and he tells me how pretty I am and before I know it, our date has gone a number of hours and I'm like, oh my gosh, I think this is the one. You know, I'm so ahead of myself at that point in this process and saying, I, I think this is this is it. So I forget about these other guys that were nice or didn't quite stand out that I had been in contact with and they just kind of fall to the wayside. And so I jump into a whirlwind with this new person. And we were spending a lot of time together. He's saying all the right things. We're making plans for the future. Mm -hmm. And it seems like everything is just full steam ahead. But you know about a, a, um, what's it called? A sparkler? Yeah. When you light a sparkler and it's all bright and there's lots of beautiful sparks flying off of it, but doesn't it burn out pretty quickly? Yes. And when we are dating someone in a fire or a sparkler way, all the good stuff's at the front. And before we know it, he's not opening the doors for me. He's not as charming and not complimenting me as much. And before time passes for too long, I'm like, was that it? Is that it? Um, What's wrong with me that he's not continuing to pursue me like Mm -hmm. he was? And I start to get scared. And so I try to do things to re-energize the relationship. 
And before I know it, I'm doing a lot of work and he's doing next to none. And I start to really get discouraged and realize this isn't going anywhere. Okay. So then what do we do with that? So what's the, what's the, the stage? So I, I, I have the site stage. Is, am I in the site stage now? Mm-hmm. Or Okay. Mm-hmm. And so perhaps he says, you know, I, I don't think this is working for me. And either he pulls the plug, and that's pretty common, or uh, I just decide uh, maybe I need to get back on the dating app. Okay? So I'm in this situation going, ah, oh, it was so great, and it's really fizzled out pretty quickly. Okay. And that can be super hard because I may trick myself in saying, I just need to get back on the app, meet some more guys. Hmm. And before I know it, I've repeated the cycle again and again. And to our listeners, can you relate to that, that you have fallen prey to this kind of thinking that I just need to get back and do what I was doing to begin with, mm-hmm. okay? So there is one snag right there okay? that I've convinced myself that what I did to begin with was the right thing, and I just need to go back and do it again. And the right thing in this case being going online. Mm-hmm. So is it a wrong thing if I go back on then? or? Well, if I go back looking for another Mr. Charming, I may repeat the whole thing again. And remember those guys that were nice, that they didn't really stand out? Why am I not giving them a chance? What is it that I wanted the guy who had the sparklers as compared to the guy who has a nice candle burning, so to speak? And Mm. I need to ask myself, why is it I'm only attracted to this kind of person or drawn to them versus somebody else? And maybe we see a pattern that I continue to be attracted to the same guy and it doesn't go anywhere. Or it goes fast for a little while and then it's over. And then it burns mm-hmm. out. Okay. So now I'm starting to have this realization. Now what? Mm-hmm. Um, I have often encouraged my clients to take a dating fast and to take a break from it so they can actually get some perspective. And they can, enough time can pass that they can look and begin to go, okay, um, this has happened enough that I can begin to even write down on paper some repeat patterns. Different guy, but same kind of things happening. I fall for someone who is charming and complimentary. Okay. Um, I am drawn into somebody who seems to be really uh, demonstrative in their interest in me. The opening the doors, the holding my hand on the first date, whatever it might be. And so I realize that I'm susceptible to those charms. And somebody who is more reserved and um, not showing those things, I'll take as, well, they're really not interested, or maybe they're kind of a fuddy-duddy and mm-hmm. I'm not too interested in them. But the hindsight part helps us to look back and go, okay, I, yeah, I have dated a lot of charmers. Wow. And they have all not ended up in any long-term relationship with me. Mm-hmm. So we have this hindsight, and now we're starting maybe to gain insight into, gosh, why do I, why do I seem to attract the same guy mm-hmm. or pick the same guy? Mm-hmm. And so we do kind of a, an inquiry on that mm-hmm. and maybe even pray about it too. Like what, like what is it in me that keeps picking the guy that you know, ultimately it starts hot and then it burns out? Mm-hmm. And so how, does, how do we get to the foresight stage so that we can actually kind of change our pattern, so to speak, and, and grow? Mm-hmm. Well, um, let's look at the insight for just a moment. Let's do it. In, in that insight stage, um, 
there is a good chance that when I take an honest look at myself, I can say, I really don't think a whole lot of myself. And therefore, I am drawn to somebody who is telling me who I am to them and how they experience me. So I'm getting my... um, I'm getting my reinforcements and my affirmation externally. And a new insight here would be there is only one who can provide my value and my worth and my affirmation that lasts. And that is in God himself. Mm -hmm. And when I begin to see that I have been going to the wrong source or sources for what can only be satisfied in a relationship, a vibrant relationship with God... Then I begin to go, wow, I never thought about it like that. That, um, I mean, we have countless scriptures that speak of his affection for us. I was super excited when I found a passage in Isaiah where he actually says, because I love you. Hmm. We know God loves us, but when right. I found that it says, because I love you, I was like, there it is, there it is. That <laughs> he says it, I love you. In Zephaniah, it says he sings over us. And so here's, here's a God who, he had it always in mind to to affirm how amazing we were because he created us. And so this new insight can say, I want to grow in that and I want to be more set on what God says about me than what anybody external to me can say about me. Which will influence my choices because if I'm, to your point, if I'm looking for a a guy that's always going to, and of course we want the guy that we end up with to say nice things yes. and be genuine, et cetera. Um, but if I if I find that I'm going to him for my validation or whatever the case may be, I mean that's gaining that's gaining insight too. And and when we do find our validation and our ultimate worth in God who created us, we have I think a lot more groundedness, and we are able to make more healthy choices, make more healthy decisions. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not going to be swayed by you know, the most recent compliment I received or the most recent uh, diss that I've received from someone, okay? Mm -hmm. And so from that insight, I'm learning that I have only gotten my um, affirmation externally. And so I'm working on developing this relationship where I have an internal sense of confidence and excitement that I really matter to the God of all. Now I can look forward and, and apply in the foresight stage some new things. Okay. Be careful of someone who is a charmer. And be careful of someone who is gushing with flattery about me. See, that used to be what drew me in. But now this causes me to say, hmm, hmm wait a yeah. second. Mm-hmm. I know this kind of guy. I'm very familiar with this kind of guy. And this is not the one for me. Wow, what a change, isn't it? Right. The very thing that drew you in, now it causes you to take pause and to have some caution and some wariness about it. Yeah. And again, understand that these are generalizations. Sure. So, um, but now the new principle is I want to surround myself with potential guys that actually speak well of themselves in a healthy way, that they understand where their value comes from. Mm. And they actually want to know what it's like for me to be in relationship with God. Or they are not so quick to provide a bunch of flattery and compliments. But when they do share something, it's like being given a gem. And they say, I really like how kind you are to your grandmother. 
or I've noticed that wherever we are and there's somebody in need, you seem to figure it out and pick it up. That's really different than you're so pretty and I just think, hmm. you know, we've got we've got so much great chemistry. Isn't that different when yeah. somebody's speaking into your character and noticing the things that are not necessarily external but are a part of who you are? Right, right. I love yeah, I love this. And it can be used in so many different ways. I mean, it can be used in choices we make for a career. It can be used in the example we're talking about now, choices of relationship. And 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 just again, this model going through it again, that we something happens and we have a we see or we have a we have our sight stage that we we begin in. And then hindsight is looking back and saying, okay, like what did happen in that situation? And then we have the insight stage, which goes beyond hindsight. Hindsight is just kind of basically reviewing the past situation or occurrence or whatever the case is. But insight is now making an inquiry into, okay, what's the pattern here? Why was this important to me? What are things that I need to be aware of that keep me making the same choices, the same decisions? And then the final stage being foresight, you call the proactive application of Hindsight, looking back, insight, self-inquiry, what happened? Why do I keep chewing, choosing this? And then we get to make different, more well-informed, more awake choices. Because yes. sometimes I think we fall into these patterns and we just kind of sleepwalk. It's just a, a routine and we don't interrupt these old patterns. Mm-hmm. And so I love this model because I think it does that. It, it causes us, we actually have to wake up a little bit and pay attention and start taking initiative and be proactive to interrupt old patterns so that we can get something new. Mm -hmm. Well, and you just used a great metaphor of waking up. When we wake up, what happens? Our eyes open. And this whole model is about my eyes being open in new ways to seeing myself differently, seeing situations differently. And now I have a vision for what it can be. So it's if you want to stick with that, your eyes being open... It's as if you've gotten a new set of glasses and now you look at things and wow, it's so clear. I didn't realize that what was fuzzy before is actually crystalline for me. Right, right. That's good. Well, hey, we are out of time, but listeners, I really encourage you, uh, maybe need to press pause on this or you have already done to take notes and so forth. Think about areas of your life. Where, where are you doing the same thing the same way and not getting any different results, which by the way, has been coined as insanity, doing the same things the same way and expecting different results is insanity, right? (laughs) Who wants to be insane? At any rate, taking a look at your life, what are areas of your life that you just kind of find yourself back in the same place? Maybe you're spinning your wheels, you're feeling stuck, really encourage you to even pray about that, jot some things down. This is a great thing as we are in the new year to start identifying some of those old patterns, old behaviors, gain hindsight, but also move to that stage of insight again and, and inquiry on like, what's going on here? What do I really want? What's what's keeping me stuck? And then moving forward and, and being proactive and doing things differently for the future. So with that, we are for you. We are here to really encourage you to live a life that is unleashed, you guys. I want I want us to be playing full out because you were created uniquely and wonderfully and fearfully. And so I just want to encourage you and let you know that I am cheering you on and I cannot wait until you tune in next time. We'll see you soon.